What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. I know it's been a while, but we're back here at Locker Room Charlotte. We're the only place where you can get dope pieces like this. Look at the inaugural jacket. Yeah, man. I know y'all hope y'all can see it from the camera, but look, you know, we got some cash right here, you know. Look, I got the leather jacket on. I'm a sucker for leather and just any any sort of material. And this is crazy with the patch on the, on the wrist. That's some superhero stuff right there. It's tough. Again, like, like, like we said before, you really can't find this nowhere else. I don't know. I don't know how many times we gotta keep repeating it, keep saying it. We've been doing it all year, but y'all gotta get down here and pick up on some of this stuff. Though. And then, not to mention, not only this, but look behind us. This is a vintage sign made for a car dealership. They made an extra one, or they made a one that said "Welcome Carolina Panthers." They had this one. Don't know where the heck the guys here found it. They shipped it on over here. I mean, this is crazy. Like I, like I, like I said. <laughs> What else are you gonna find this at, man? You're not. I know J. I know JB's tired of us talking about. It. He wishes he could be here with us, taking full advantage of the scene. Right. JB, how was your holidays, and how was your time spent not paying attention to the crap fire that is the Panthers? Well, I'll just say happy Mamba year to my boys over there at Locker Room Charlotte and everybody in the house. Good to see you, gentlemen, here in 2024. I uh, do want to say that you know, with those signs and those jackets. Ah, oh, it makes me feel better to be a Panthers fan after what we've seen over these past this past year. Also, what we just saw this past Sunday, not only on the field but also up in the skybox, which we'll get into a three hundred thousand dollar fine, which really doesn't mean much. But we'll go from that po point of view and just start start kicking it off. Yeah, we're trying to tap into a bygone era of the Panthers where we were respectable both on and off the field. Could you imagine if Jerry Richardson threw a drink on a fan? Like, you would never see the big cat for everything that he was wrong with him. He would never do that. And someone made a joke on Twitter saying he was looking at up, up at us in disgust, which is horrible, awful joke, but probably true no matter where he's looking from. He's definitely looking in disgust because, I mean, it was just, well, we have to start off with it. And that's today, $300,000 fine, which I think we did the math on Instagram is 0.00001% of his net worth. Right. That equates to $26.2 billion dollars. Like, it's nothing to him. That is a literal penny. Again, financially, he'll be fine. The look of it from a team perspective of, like, how is this what we've come to? How is this our owner? Like, how is this acceptable behavior? Um, well, we come, we've come a long way. Not in a good not in a good sense either, bro. Because, I mean, this is – I mean, we, we've been bad before. We've never seen it get like this to the point where we have people that's supposed to be the head man yeah. in charge losing their cool completely. Um, the team itself looks like a shell of itself. There's nothing to attach yourself to with this team that, make, that can make you feel great right now other than Bryce Young. No, it's literally the only bright spot. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of, like, when it happened and when I saw it, I was trying to think of other, like, <laughs> comparable instances to where an owner did something directly to a normal citizen. Because let's be completely honest, they're not normal humans. The only one is, the only one is... The only one is the one at the Titans. Uh, the guy who did the obscene gesture to the Bills fans a couple years ago when they did that. I think it was they scored in the final seconds or something. I have to look up the actual facts, but I'm pretty sure it was the Titans owner. But it was nowhere near as bad as throwing a drink no. on a fan. And, and I think this also speaks to what Shantice and I were talking about last episode and the episode before where we're actually auditioning for coaches. We're actually auditioning for new players. And for them to see this sort of actions being taken at a game in front of guests at a guest stadium, and that's our owner, that's our leader at large. I mean, that's that's un unacceptable. And then on the fact, and then to top it all off, he didn't even really give it an, an apology. He just basically said, "Oh yeah, it was unacceptable, and I accept, I accept the, uh, I accept the fees and the fines." It took a big set of cojones to throw a drink at someone in this day and age when you know every phone is some someone is recording somewhere. There's security cameras. And what got me is what you said, JB. It's one thing to do this in Bank of America Stadium to like visiting fans, but to go into Jacksonville and do it to the like you're the visitors, you are the guests, and you're thinking that this is a like this is a smart move. You're like be a be a man not even a man be a, an owner and a ceo you can ruin his life in a myriad of ways right under the table do we know so is there yeah there's no context oh suspension is that, is that been handed it out is on the table from what the nfl released earlier today they were still in discussion 
with the suspension because originally before and they said a fine was definite and suspension was on the table then the suspension or the fine came out it would take longer i mean there's no precedent for this what? there's no precedent for an owner to be suspended other than no. for criminal activity like you saw in washington well, he should be suspended yeah yeah bud adams but it was the bud adams it was the bud adams two hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine. yeah but bud adams he was that old country bills. boy he, he was a he cowboy he like yeah yeah but no there is no precedent i think i think the one thing that takes me aback i mean out of all the owners out of all the years jerry jones could have thrown liquor at a thousand different saying. redskins or commanders fans um a Pittsburgh, a Pittsburgh owner or, or a Ravens owner, Ozzie Newsom, could have thrown many things at the Steelers in their heyday, right? This is coming from a brand new owner into the league who has no sort of, I would say, league uh, league lineage. Yeah. I mean, he was a minor owner in the Steelers. He's coming in and he's doing actions like this. It's just really, it really, really is just unfortunate, and it's going to put us even further back. To what we're trying to, to where we're trying to go. I mean, and like I said, the, the behavior is unacceptable because if this happened from a player perspective, oh. players get axed. Oh, you, you, you either if you depend on what type of player you are, you're getting cut next day, or the suspension you're about to you're, you're about to take on is going to be so kind of it's going to be so crazy. It'll probably be up, possibly up to a year. I mean, the Packers benched Jared Alexander in a like actual game that matters because he went to a coin toss. Cam got suspended for a week. For wearing ridiculous, not wearing. for not wearing a tie in a press conference, like, and Benjamin Watson hit the nail on the head. If this was a player, like, and we've seen it, we've seen it happen all the time. We've seen Jets players, we've seen you know opposing players, you know they're flicking people off or waving at people. I mean, you think about the Alabama kid who flicked off, and I don't even know where he is anymore at this point in time. Like, and he flicked off a whole fan base. So, if this were an owner, yeah, he deserves suspension. I mean, he, you don't remember who that was that did that? Who was that? I can't remember. Rashawn Gordon. You don't remember? Holy crap, it was, of course, because then we drafted him, which is just just par for the chorus. But no, I mean, he's reaching Snyderian levels of ridiculousness in a four- to five-year time frame. Uh, he's reaching these levels just being strictly bad to football. That's what I'm saying. This is, like, aside from just being, like, an evil human, like, he ain't, he ain't even, he's not even done anything outside of football that's just been bad enough to make his, like, dislike him. It's just been football-related, like, yeah. alone. Which is, again, a generational talent, nonetheless. <laughs> Look, at he is probably in the hall of fame for just making yourself look like an ass in every step of the way and not even and for the longest time it wasn't even for his actions it was for his inaction or his indirect action now it's for your act like now you are starting to validate the concerns that everyone has had about you from a business and a football standpoint because beforehand it wasn't really hearsay it was more so like he was always so quick to call it you know basement talk but now I mean, you're putting starters right in the fire. It started with basement talk, but then it's led to real people that have worked for you leaving you immediately once you once you've gotten into like the a building. migration. Like we've we've seen many people that work in that work in that building on Mint Street leave. Oh yeah, and not be a part of the organization anymore since he's since he's been there. And in talk. his business, exactly. So I mean, again, this is not this is not by chance. This is not by mistake at all. He is the the personality he brings, the energy he brings is has seemed to be kind of cancerous to the city of Charlotte. I completely agree. And yeah, I think the validation, I think the validation comes from the way he behaves to what we see on the field. It all coincides. It all coincides. I, I don't, I don't think that you would ever, ever in any way, shape or form see it being imbalanced where our owners act in that way. And we're winning all of these games, right? I think what we're finding is how he's behaving is just exactly what is transforming on the field. And so that balance of what we would like to see, you don't see at all. And this happens right near the right at the tail end of the season. First of all, look, we've been losing for three months. I don't know how that you just got mad enough today to, to throw a drink on somebody, but at this point now, like this happening so close to the end of the year, everybody's getting ready to get ready for high, for the new hiring cycle. What does this make? How does this make us look in terms of new candidates that would possibly want to, you know, want a GM job? Well, that's, a, well, that's the thing is that like you can talk about you know jerry jones all you want but outside of it like if, if you were successful if his team were successful consistently or at least above par consistently he would probably not be talked about nearly as much as he is because he's done very little off the field or in the public eye to 
retain that sort of criticism. It's just because he's been so the play has been so sloppy on the field and so inconsistent that he gets that sort of focus. I mean, you don't. We talked. We've said this a couple weeks ago. You're not supposed to know who the owners are off the top of your head. You're not supposed to be like talking about the owners on a weekly basis. And that's why he has, you know, tried to lean into this 24-hour news cycle. But the other thing that that shows, especially from a coach and GM standpoint, you don't say anything. You don't make a statement. And Albert Breer said this on Twitter. Team availability starts tomorrow. There'll be press conferences tomorrow. Tabor's going to have to go up to the podium tomorrow. You know any media member worth their salt is going to ask about the clip. And now you've put your interim head coach in a position where he has to talk about it. And no matter what he says... It's not going to look good. At the very best he can hope for is, you know, plausible deniability and just kind of brushing past it with generalities like, and colloquialisms. That's the only thing he can do. Well, like, hey, look, I was coaching the game. <laughs> I, I was what 50 happened. feet down below. Like, have no clue what, that, what, what that's about. Um, we just move forward from there. That's all you can say. Bro. Now you make your Panther, your, your, your PR team look bad. You make your social media team look bad. You make your own or your GM, your coach, your player. Like, Every single person who's going to be in front of a camera tomorrow and probably Thursday and Friday as well will be asked about the situation. And none of them will have any sort of answer that is, you know, actually worth a damn. Well, yeah, well, if this is if this is any if this is any idea as to what's been leaking out of the locker room and what we've been hearing as players and, and other old coaches have left. You start hearing the kind of, what is it, the Hunger Games mentality yeah. and what it was. If this is any indication, like if you had any doubt, this is just that further validation that, yes, all of this was going on. Yes, this is a toxic work environment. Yes, as a GM, as a head coach, you have a owner who throws temper tantrums and is not afraid to address a fan head on at a guest stadium. I would love to see him try that in Philly. Oh, my God. I would love to see him try that in Philly. I would have dreaded man if I this thing. Oh, they, I mean, <laughs> like, we see what they do when they're happy with a person, when they're yeah. excited about a person. We've seen what they've done to people that they are not so enthused with. And I just, that's the thing. Like, to go into an enemy territory, you're also, it's not like you've been winning at all. Like, it's a temper tantrum. That's what my, that's what my thing was. I'm like, bro, like, you all of a sudden got mad. Like, today was the day, was like the tipping point. Like, really? Like, I thought it would have been Chicago against Tyson Badgen. Like, that would have been the day I would have thought, oh, man, it's just it's yeah. everything. Yeah. But, like, today against Jacksonville, like, bro, it's, this has been the entire season. Or against the Colts, you know, like, where you've taken from them what was supposedly the scapegoat and then it still falls flat in your face and get embarrassed by the Colts nonetheless. Like, you've been embarrassed every single week. Now, don't get me wrong, getting shut out for the first time since 2004 sucked. <laughs> that was awful to watch, especially against a team – that was limping and did not have their starting quarterback. I mean, C.J. Bathard made your defense look ridiculous. They didn't play poor, per se, but they definitely didn't play to the standard and the caliber of which they played against. I mean, they played poor. I'm trying to I'm trying to look on the bright side, all right? They're, the, the morale can't I mean, be that Jack, high about, in this Jack, building. Someone has to be at least providing some sort of positivity for them. No, it was bad. It was bad. I'm, not... I'm Jack, trying to keep guys yeah. here, okay? Yeah, Jack, I was going to say, I was going to say, Jack, 26 points, zero in the end it's zone, brutal. and we were in the red zone oh, on the two-yard line. Oh, the offense has so much to stand like I'm said, talking for the defense just specifically. Like I said. I'm talking for the defense specifically. Well, I'm just saying in general. I'm just saying in general, yeah. The de defense in general, I mean, they are just tired of getting oh, beat yeah. up on. They're tired of being on the field. They, pay, they play 70% of our games for all 17, 16 weeks for now. They've been on the field 70% of the time. There's no way you're telling me anything different. We can't hold the ball. The defense is always on there. They're tired. They're getting beat up. But 26 nothing, and I mean, they beat us in all categories. Rushing, passing, time of possession, total yards. I mean, they out they out they outgained us by like 200 yards in total offense. I mean, it was absolutely despicable. I don't think we had we didn't have 100 yards in in rushing. We didn't have 100 yards in passing. No. We had 57 yards in passing if I if, if right. I'm not mistaken. And the reason so why I know that we just got beat all. Why Sean ruined my prize picks? That's, that's, I mean, that's to, to be, in his defense, that was not a prize pick you should have put right. up. It was only one. He had to get 149. <laughs> I said, hey, look, Bryce Young can get me 149. On a bad day, he can get me 149. Now, I, I didn't think about it thoroughly. I was going to say, what do you? we've seen some bad days where he's gotten nowhere close to 149. I was like, damn, bro, maybe I didn't think about how bad this could get. I was unaware. Okay. <laughs> I was, <laughs> but I still, and I, 
am not a Bryce Young apologist. I'm not. And I... No, he was bad. He was bad. But to still sit there and say on Twitter that he is the main problem and that his flaws are so much more glaring than everybody else. The main problem is that boy y'all boy y'all drafted that played up the street from him. But the, we were all so high on. Don't act like you weren't. Who, me? No, I wasn't. <laughs> Bro, I, I swear to God, I didn't even watch that drive. You, you well, remember that. You didn't watch the draft before it either. No, I did watch the draft before that. Oh, we went live on that was, one. We went live on that one. You, draft, you didn't, because I called you. You were asleep. I was definitely asleep. I'm like, <laughs> I guess, like, hey, y'all boys, I guess this is the one. <laughs> we're going to go back in the tapes. I'm going to find the enthusiasm in his voice from past recordings. I'm going to go. Hey, when y'all tell me y'all picking the offensive lineman first, I, I, I lose all excitement. And, and, I, and the... the the, tr the the president does not really work out in our favor in that regard because there's a lot more uh, horror stories than success stories when it comes to linemen drafted that high. But, I mean, this is just... This is more than a sophomore slump. This is... Yeah, it's This is real. Like... like oh, no, 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 no. This is a total debacle. This is a total explosion internally. Um, I think you're going to find out a lot more after after the last game of the season and we go clear out our lockers. I think from the mood and the attitudes you will see, you will get a feel of disgust. You'll get a feel of disdain. You'll get a feel of a lot of tension. You'll get a feel of a lot of unfulfillment. You're going to get a feel of a lot of people walking, a lot of unexpected people walking. I'd be surprised if we can get scabs to come play for us next year on the way that we've behaved as an organization and the way we've, the way we behave in the front office. I think there's a lot of things to be said. So the only way to mend this is to go out and get a high dollar coach and to be quite frank with you i have one in mind that i really want and i've got a couple of gm prospects that i've been looking at since shantice had shantice and i had a conversation uh the last couple of weeks over gm prospects i kind of did a little bit of homework going back to an old an old article and just kind of reading through their prospects i think we've got some some things out there that 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 could come through but for the most part man i think we're going to see a lot of people disgruntled um, there's going to be a lot of people walking out that are, are going to be just grown, and that's what you're going to see. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how there's any other way that you could walk out at this point in time because the icing on the cake of all of this now is that coming to our stadium, Baker Mayfield is going to be walking in on Sunday with a chance to clinch the division, which the fact that, I mean, they A, were in the mix to clinch it all is ridiculous, and the fact that the, div the division has still yet to be taken over is also just so sad, but... That's just like the poetic ending, right? That Baker Mayfield's the one coming in to now try to take the division. A, almost a complete opposite of what the game was last year. Cut Baker Mayfield. You're playing for a chance to try to make the playoffs. Not clinch the division, but against the Bucks, You went there, get blown out. And now with, you know, C.J. Henderson being a healthy scratch every single week. J.C., I mean, he went out for a little bit, but he finally came back in. Our defensive backs are not going to look anywhere near what we want them to. Mingo's on IR, which I mean, cool. But at this point, uh, why even put Bryce Young in the game? For me, I, I really, I really wouldn't. I think I, I've seen enough. There's like, I, there's he's not going to get any more development in this no. last game than, he, than he's got. Especially all. against that front seven. Yeah, I, I'm, I'd sit him. I, there really is no purpose to it. I'll be honest. I mean, because that hit was yeah, I mean, that he, hit was scary. He almost died. He almost died. Yeah, he almost died on Sunday, so I would definitely pull him. I j it's just, it's irresponsible at that point if you keep playing him, to be, to be completely honest. And if he had played, like, the same way he played against the Packers last week, I could maybe see it just to continue to push the, you know, the rhetoric that he is what he is and what we all know he can be. Because even, like I said, I mean, the overthrown balls to Mingo, yeah, I, they, were, they were bad. But he also threw three passes right to Mingo that Mingo just didn't even come around with. Right. I mean, you know, success for Bryce isn't going to be linear. Like, it's going to be weeks like Green Bay where it looks phenomenal. Then it's going to be weeks like Jacksonville where it looks like it can't get any worse than this. It, it, he's over, overall, I can tell that he's improved. But it's just each and every week it doesn't look that way. And I, but a lot of that has to do with, you know, external factors. But for for him, I think, we've, I think I've seen enough. The amount of hits he took last week, I thought he was going to get pulled after the first half. I, honestly, I don't know why in the world, because it's up in that point, there was nothing that they were doing offensively to show that it was going to be like a blowout. All the points they got were garbage time points that just didn't matter anymore because what the hell else were we doing? But like you could have, Andy Dalton could have gone out there and would have gone out there and given you the exact same performance that Bryce Young did. I, like there's not much worse he could have done. 
and after those first what two three hits that bryce took that were absolute just like wwe monday night raw throwing him through the grass i was just like there's no reason for it the way he was slumped like that in that first one oh my god i was like you got to take him out and so this week yeah there's like because this is another issue for fitter we got andy dalton for his ability to go into any situation and play well and play you know to a serviceable level why have we not done that at any point in time especially once the season got out of hand and any sort of postseason got out of reach well, other than development yeah I, this, this ceo was all about well i think it's i think it's a mandate from up top oh of course i think it it's was. a mandate from up top i think i think i think i think tepper saying you know what right wrong or indifferent we're gonna ride our boy all the way to the end to the finish line i don't think that there was any conversation around well maybe we should pull him after week seven week eight you know we're not we're not in any position to protect this young quarterback, this investment of ours. So, I mean, even for that, he's even trying to save face and put butts in those seats, to be quite frank with you, which he hasn't been successful in doing either. Right. And, uh, and like you said, that mandate did probably come from outside. Oh, it absolutely did. The last thing you can do is pull the quarterback that we spent all of this capital on to get. Mm-hmm. Jay Moore's gone. The number one pick is gone. Everything is gone. And he's not playing. Can't, can't do it. He was already pinned to a situation where he was going to have to play no matter what once that trade was made. I agree with you in that regard. My mm-hmm. question, though, is playing devil's advocate is what did we see from him continuing to play this year that we couldn't have that we either didn't already see from the first part of the season, you know, to where once it from before it got out of hand to now that it's got out of hand, what did we see in him that we didn't already know? Well, well I tell you this, Jack, I say this, and I'll and I let Shanti speak on it. For me, I can tell you, I have seen improvement week over week. To Sean Tisha's point, it's not a linear progression, right? He's had his ups and his downs, but the Green Bay game showed us all of the glimpses that we knew Bryce could be and what he can become, right? Even some factions of that ugly Atlanta Falcons game, right? We saw some factions in that game that were like, oh, okay, Bryce is starting to starting to slow down in certain aspects. I think the one thing that we did not rest more onto is that Bryce needed this failures to help him grow a resilience, but he doesn't need to die because of it, right? And so right now you're looking at the last three weeks of the season, and what are you what are you risking? Are you trying to risk next year? Like, is that what you're really trying to do? Because right now, not only are you going to probably risk next year, you're going to, I mean, damage his ego even more than it already is. So you have to kind of put these things in the in the correct buckets and start looking further down the road. Now, the frustration that was that was shown by our owner. You know, that could be a bunch of different things coming into coming into play, right? We don't know the backstory of the actual throw of the drink. Not excusing it at all. What I'm saying is you got Bryce Young, you're getting you're getting critiqued over the, the amount of capital you gave up to get Bryce Young. The performance over the year, which now has not come true. CJ Stroud looks like he should be a rookie, he should probably get rookie of the year. Could almost be about what, until about four weeks ago, he was in talks of actually being oh, yeah. an MVP candidate. So you're dealing with all of these critiques and these criticisms. You fired your third coach. You've got another scapegoat coach in there who knows he's not going to be here no. next year. And you got huge problems from a salary cap perspective and signing Brian Burns, Lugu, and the rest of these cats. So there's a lot of things going on. I think for going forward, if you do put Andy Dalton in, just be understand, Andy Dalton may not be here next year either. Oh, no. Let's be 100% right. honest, right? So there's a lot of things that that are coming into play and i would not put bryce young i would have him in sweatsuits with a headphones headset on on the side of, on, on the side that's of. also something we've kind of glossed over as well in the year of the backup quarterback how much do you think he is kicking himself i mean obviously hindsight's 2020 mm. but could, he could be on what 10 to 15 teams right now with a chance with the ability to play for playoffs he and would, a big bonus check he would have definitely played this year where did he play where did he come from last he year? was from new orleans like, but he also had experience in Cincinnati time in, I mean, he could have gone to Cleveland, he would have Dallas. Played I was like, he could have played in Cleveland. He could have played in Tennessee. He could have played in New York. He could have played literally any situation where a backup quarterback Minnesota. is playing. Yeah. Oh my God. Minnesota. Oh, he'd, he'd fill right in. He's ginger Kirk cousins. He, he'd actually make, he'd actually make Minnesota. That's what I'm saying. Out right now. Like <laughs> he, there are at least six to seven scenarios where he could be playing for a million dollar bonus of some sort and playoff potential and he is now sitting the bench watching you know the ghost of christmas past getting 
beaten down every freaking week knowing that there's nothing that he can do about it because a they won't let him because what you said jb about you know not damaging damaging his ego i agree with but if we learn anything from cam i would much rather damage his ego than damage his body and it's what's going to happen if over the summer it comes out that he sustained three tua like concussions i mean we saw now what marquise haynes went to the hospital yeah. thank god he's all right hayden hurst got amnesia mm. from the amount of hits he was getting and the severity of the hits what happens if in the summer we hear bryce young actually took three concussions over the year and is now in jeopardy oh, of yeah. playing even further yeah i mean at this point like you said we you know when mingo going on ir the 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 first thing that popped into my head when i saw bryce go down was damn bro we literally may have, we may ruin the all season that's what i'm saying side ruining like this year's already a watch you know what i'm saying so so it's definitely not just it's just not worth the risk at all to play him i mean again like I, somebody in that building has to take responsibility and actually trying to protect the kid from himself, and that's what we didn't do with the last. With what the I'm last saying, franchise that's what guy. we've been doing consistently. And mm -hmm. so, if you want to change the course of history, you you got to start doing some things differently. It's, it take him out of system. Like I said, there's no there's no benefit to playing him in this game anyway. Like, I mean, the only benefit would be if we won. But even then, I mean, you're not. Gonna, we've already secured the number one pick. For right, Chicago, no that's what. not going to change no matter what. So a win, other than, honestly, it hurts you because then, you know, scheduling-wise, you're going to play, you know, whoever sits in those seeds mm -hmm. regardless. If you win a game, somehow, mm -hmm. you know, change their echelon of who you'd be playing against, you have a tougher schedule there. And I don't think we're going to move out of the four spot at any point. But strength of schedule, the wins you're going to get. Like, a win actually really does nothing for you other than, I mean, I can't imagine three wins is any sort of bonus or any sort of incentive on anybody's contract unless they're getting paid you know incentives per win Tabor might be getting that as an interim that's the only person that i think would benefit from a win like i think bryce's confidence is something that we do need to try to build up but at this point like i said i mean and i'll say it for every game since reich honestly was fired like i did not see once reich was fired christensen and 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 you know corbett go on ir for me that when those three things happen and you're now in an interim staff. If you thought it was so, you know, apparent to get rid of your coach midseason, in my mind, that should then follow suit with a decision to then try to protect that future that you invested so much in by not. I mean, we're lucky he didn't tear an ACL. We're lucky he didn't sustain, you know, major concussions, especially in a game like Atlanta, where it's literally playing in the Amazon. Yeah. But, <clears throat> I mean, to look outside of that, I think that, you know, like you talked about the people that will be here, it won't be half the team. I mean, half that offense that you spent all that time curating will be gone. Yeah. It's just, they, they can't, there's no reason to keep them. There's no reason to, like at this point, Tommy Trimble's lead, and, and Tavon Sullivan are the only tight ends I'm keeping. Right. Miles Sanders made a bit of a push, but not for the money we're making, we're giving him. Uh, Chark, sorry, buddy. Like you, too little, too late. Mingo, we're stuck with you. I feeling we'll be lucky if he stays. Because, again, and he's another one of those guys that he's probably kicking himself if he had stayed, you know, or had gone to. I mean, he didn't have nearly as much of an upside. The thing for Thielen is that he did build up his cachet in terms of, if I go back out into free agency, yeah. people will at least think we that Hassan, like, he can still produce at this type of clip. Well, I mean, there were people trying to trade for him, what, before the trade deadline. So, I mean, he's definitely built back up his cachet to your point, Shantese. I think... You know, the one thing that shit show there is, excuse my French on that, um, is that, you know, Thielen wants to play for a competitive team, right? We have not been competitive all season. We have not been competitive since the last days of the, the man who shall not be named because we know his name very, very well. Um, I have a huge issue in that the audition that we've given as an organization. Brutal. Is going to do much more detriment than anything else that we've done. Oh, yeah. And I'm not talking just from the players on the field. I'm talking for the organization as a whole. Like it's like let's think about this. And this is what I was kind of alluding to the last couple of weeks too. That as many times as as many years as the Browns and the Lions were absolutely abysmal, right? There was not one point in time in there where you didn't think that organization was melded together and trying right like you could go to the browns and say y'all might be garbage y'all might not have the right people on your staff but you are at least are trying as a whole 
to make it happen. We look like a bunch of bag of cats trying to figure out what's our next home. Like we just have no direction at all. Our owner looks like he's a he's sitting in the corner in the principal's office, sitting there all the time, like Mikey waiting on his name to be called for the tenth time this week to go to ISS. Like that's what we're dealing with right now, petulant child, and it's a problem. I, I don't. I didn't think I realized how important ownership was to the overall operation. Not, I got, of course, when I got older, but I guess throughout all the years of being a fan, I didn't realize that. Like, hey, like you know, say what you want to about Jerry Richardson, but there was at least stability and there was at least a right. sense of identity with this squad. No matter what, whether we were respect, no matter how many years we went seventy nine, yeah. eight and eight, we we always had that mm-hmm. sense of identity mm-hmm. of what we were gonna be. And now it's and now it's just the fact that everything that's permeating that's negative about this organization is coming from the owner. Yeah, I this this is different. I, I this was a, this is a little bit tougher to get out of. It's different when it's just a bad coach. And he's a yep. bad staff. We can get rid of that and get a new one. We can't. We're not getting. There's, a new there's one. nothing we can do. <laughs> there's literally nothing because if you're like, oh, you know, petition to get him fired or to, for him to sell the team, maybe the NFL will force it. The NFL cannot force. If they didn't force Dan Snyder to sell that team, they're not gonna force David Tepper to sell this team. And like exactly because Richardson. Oh, he'll throw a drink on. Yeah, I mean, look at he'll throw Richardson. A drink on. He ain't did what he was supposed to, right? He, there was a lot he didn't do, right. but for an owner standpoint, he stayed up in his box and he shut up. You did not hear Jerry Richardson talk more than three times in his tenure of owning the Panthers, and that was when he bought them, when he sold them, and a couple other times in between head coaches, what have you. Like you did not hear from the man. Because you weren't supposed to. I'm upset. I know what David Tepper's voice sounds. That's what I'm saying. Like I, it, it's. That was the issue we have with Matt Rule and him at the same time. Both of you, if you just stopped talking, could have saved yourself 30% of the trouble that you got yourself in. Now, I mean, it doesn't matter what Tepper says. And I keep waiting for him, like, after the, the press conference where Wright got fired and how, you know, much of a crapshoot that was, I keep waiting for him to go to realize the error of what he's done. And I don't know why I think that, because he hasn't done that in any other facet of being an owner. He continues to do the same thing over and over, thinking that it's going to work. But I keep waiting for him to not do it. And then he does it something even worse. Like he's finding new and innovative ways. That's what he's done. New and innovative. We're not mediocre when it comes to making fools of ourselves. We have gone outside of mediocrity in that regard. So he's kept true on his promise for that front. We are not mediocre anymore. We're below it on the field and we're above it off the field. So Jack, it goes back to what you and I were kind of discussing before we came on tonight and and i'm a firm believer in this and i don't i don't i don't know if you guys remember when um he first bought the team and i said we cannot deny the fact that he could try to make it so bad that he wants to move the team and so my thought process still remains the way that he's behaving now to tr- he's already lost south carolina they're yeah. all falcons fans now yep, they're right all gone. So he's he's already he's already divided them from that perspective. Now you've got the now you got North Carolina and and the, and an ultimate fan base, and now you've actually turned this fan base against you. Now you got two strikes. Now the third strike, you going into another market, and you turn straight ass, throw drinks on people, and now you're seen as a villain and a bully outside of the state. So now you've got all of these three facets of you, none of which are positive. So it's going to be real easy if he says, you know what? I'm not getting the support I need. I'm done. I'm moving the team. Now, I'm not going to say that's going to happen. It's going to be quite hard for him to do that. But I'm saying he is making a very, very good case to make this a truth. And we, you talked about it a little bit. And to kind of put a different view upon it, like it had been one thing if he went to a fan base or a market that is historic for being dicks you know philadelphia dallas you know the 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 bigger (laughs) markets that are notorious like the packers fans that are for being you know precocious like just dick fans jacksonville might be the one market where they are more upset over over their team like everyone when they talk about relocation it's always jacksonville to london like that is the first team that's mentioned so you went into a place that they don't even care about their team and you took it I've never met a Jacksonville fan. I have never met a Jacksonville Jaguars There's fan. There's two fan bases I know for sure I've never seen a fan of, and that's Jacksonville and um, Tampa. Yeah. I've never met fans from those two fan bases. Yeah, neither have I. And what makes it worse is that also, like, from the way the video was recorded and the jersey he was wearing, it took a good three, four hours 
for people to figure out whether or not it was a Panthers fan or a Jaguars fan that he threw the drink on. And the worst part about that is that equal options were believable. Both options were equally believable that he could have thrown a drink on a Panthers fan or a Jaguars fan. Yeah. That should not be something that is easy to come to for an owner of that team. That's not an, an outcome that should be so easy to come by. But you talk about just, you know, the other things that he's done. And as far as moving the team goes, I mean, we've talked about this and people have asked about this. There's a path for it, but it would be years in the making. It would take coordination from... Because the only, the only way he's going to go is if, is if he takes the team to Germany. They're, they're not going to move... The NFL's not going to move a team to San Diego, to 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 Oakland, or to St. Louis. Jack, Listen, Jack. hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Because I'm, I'm serious. Because okay. the only markets in the NFL are in the country right now that are set up for an NFL team that would have better ratings or a better, you know, welcome party than Charlotte would be San Diego, Oakland, or St. Louis purely because they have held the team in the past. Right. You're not sending a team to a new market or to an, like another team to a New York or Dallas. It's not going to happen. There's not any reach for it. And you're also not going to find a better melting pot now than Charlotte. Like, from a monetary standpoint, he's not going to go to any of those markets and make as much money as he has been making for other facets of what he's been able to do. The only place he could do is go to Germany. And I say that because if he is this petty as we've seen him act, and he knows how impatient the Panthers fans fan base is because we've been waiting damn near long enough, the best case scenario for him as a businessman is to take the team to a market that is just happy to have football consistently. We've seen from the few games they've played in Belgium that they they fill the stands. They're singing country roads. Like, it, it's a sellout every time. And so the fans, if they got a team in, in Germany, would just be so damn happy to have a team every week. They could care less about what's going on on the field. They could care less about the success rate because they're getting consistent football. They would sell the damn thing out. The Panthers are also one of three organizations in the NFL that have a partnership with NFL Germany. they are three organizations. It's us, I want to say... I, and I can't say the other two off the top of my head, but we're one of very few that has a business partnership, not even just a fan base. Like, oh, we have a, you know, a, a roaring riot in Germany. No, we sent Johnny Hecker and a good 10% of our staff over to Germany for a week, a week over the summer to commiserate and to, you know, establish a fan base there. We know from our podcast listeners, we also, we have a listening in Germany. We have a listening and a following in Germany. Mm -hmm. So, that is where I would see him going off the mm -hmm. top. Now, what would have to happen in that regard is a partnership with the NFL. I mean, they would have to approve of that and change the entire landscape of how they would schedule games, bring teams in, you know. Because, okay, with mm -hmm. that, with moving a team to Europe, yeah, would that not have to court? You, you would have to make a new division. Well, so that's the that's the biggest thing that's keeping the NFL. That's the big. That's the big. That's, that's the biggest the big thing, thing that's keeping the NFL the just thing, yeah. in its you know parking space right now is it right. you can't do it like you did in the 80s and the 90s right. where you just add like a fifth team to a division yeah. <laughs> like the nfl is too is too full of itself now and too established too to do wonky crap like that anymore right. like it worked in the 90s and the 80s but like that's the that's no. the end of like the so yeah if, if you like want to do it you have to add seven new teams now they've already talked about putting the Jags in London because they played every game there every year since they've started. Right. And the Jacksonville fan base is the only other fan base that is more angry with their team, and that still simmered down a little bit when the team was doing well. Now that it's kind of you know teetering off, it's kind of coming back. But yeah, it would take a lot. And the other thing is that I can't imagine with how much of a miser he has been. From a business standpoint, I can't imagine the city would allow him to keep running the FC here in Charlotte and then run a Panthers team in Germany. So he would probably have to move or dissolve the FC as well. Moving an FC team, a soccer team, into any league in Germany is impossible. You don't just walk into Germany or Europe and say, I want to yeah. put a team here. That's not going to happen. Right. So there's a lot of roadblocks in that regard, and I don't think he would, from his ego and pride, run a team in Charlotte and then run a team in Germany. So I think that does well as well. But if if he gets his coaching decision wrong, so if he gets it. his GM decision wrong and Panthers and continues to act like he is, the fans will stop showing up. I don't care how much of a diehard fan you mm -hmm. are. Yeah. Like and I don't care how long the Browns dealt with it. They will like the Charlotte fans the majority are fair weather. We've seen that. We know this. And it's gotten better after the Super Bowl run. 
but because of that Super Bowl, has also been more patient and more, you know, we knew what we could be. Right. We want to get back to that. So the, even the, 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 you know, the worst for weather fans are going to start start selling their PSLs. Yeah. And and no one's going to buy them. No doubt. No so doubt. that's my two cents on his leaving. But well, I do I, think I, that we've no, seen no, it with no, the Bobcats no. and the Hornets. Like, the city played ball and the yeah. fans played ball with the Hornets. And he said, all right. I'll take him and dip. Y'all don't want, y'all don't like this team. You don't get to have them anymore. So it's not like, and it's funny that Charlotte's the only other city where you've really kind of seen that, where the owner was like, yeah, y'all don't appreciate me. Y'all are so impatient. I'm just going to dip. And then we got the karmic curse of the Bobcats for the next seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. So it, there's a precedent set yeah. for it. But I got two markets, but I, I, I do have two markets for consideration. And, and, and I'm not saying it's an easy feat by any means. I think, the international one is, a, as you spoke about it, I think that's a larger feat because there's so many different mechanisms that have to be pulled for that. Because when you talk about travel, days in between, bye weeks, how to be able to balance those out, that's a big thing to do when you have a whole oh, conference over there, is. right? So you're going to have to probably, you have to take a team over there and they'll spend about a month over in Europe to do that cycle, Yeah. right? You'll take a conference over there and do that cycle. So that's a whole nother conversation. And I think that that's a larger international play that they're trying to put together but if you're talking just to stay where we are right now united states i could think of two markets that if he's got the money to do it they would probably take his money oklahoma and memphis Ooh, i can see both of them i can see both of them taking memphis claims the, the titans Panthers a little bit to build out but if you're saying if david tepper no, is yeah. coming in there with a brand new team and you've got two teams in that state it's no state tax. One. Yeah, that's fair. Two, it's right. It's right in there, right? You got that NFC conference, and then in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City could definitely sustain. Oklahoma's it. a big one. Yeah. Oklahoma City's a big one, right? You've got NBA already there, yeah. right? They have a huge following out there, and it's right neck and neck with that Texas, Arkansas, big football country, right? So those are the two markets that I could see actually making a play if, for some odd reason, not some odd reason, if David Tepper continues to be this petulant child that we see, somebody who thinks he's bigger than than the yeah. game, somebody who's bigger than the rest of the owners, somebody who thinks he can just beat on his chest and things are going to go his way. If he really, really wants to stick it, he can make a proposition to move it to those cities and states. So those are just what oh, I was yeah. going to say to you, Jack. Like, yeah, it's a long shot, but, so- but if you're talking about staying locally, Stateside, I see those two markets being two markets that are intriguing. So the lucky part, I think, for us in terms of, you know, not having the worst happen is that, like, there was a play for it. Like you said, every article I've read and a lot of Reddit threads that I've read that pull from sources throughout the league and the board was the plan has been for the longest time, especially since the international bouts have started, was to put two teams in London, both one in Wimbledon and then one in Tottenham Hotspur, one in Germany. Now that, you know, you've had Belgium and... um, they played another place in Germany. I can't remember where for the life of me. Um, and then a team in Canada. Now, the Canada play has always been, I mean, they're the, we're the, on, they're the only league that doesn't have a team in Canada. And that's majorly because of Canadian Football League, as right. rightly so. And the Canadian Football League doesn't give a damn about the NFL. They don't want to. Right. So it's not like you're going to take a team from the CFL and bring them over here. But you, there is a precedent set for having a team in Toronto. I mean, there's literally every other sport has a team in Toronto. Then the other side of it, so you'd have an NFC, like an AFC international division. So where that way they're all, their divisional play is against each other. So that way half of their season is traveling, but that creates a huge, just, I mean, you're going to get so much jet lag and it could be just as much they'd say as, you know, going East coast to West coast, as much as those teams do, like, you know, stopping in the middle, staying in a hotel somewhere for that week. So you don't have to fly back. Um, And so what their thought process was, especially now with the added week is to go back to 17 weeks but have like 18 weeks of play still but then have two buys so that you get your normal buy and then your international buy so any team that has to go play them then mm-hmm. gets a bye week so they don't have to then go play because could you imagine playing an international game and then playing a thursday night game like it's, it's impossible you couldn't do that so they right. then bought for right. scheduling purposes right. you either do like six months at home six months away for the international teams or like you were saying a month away, a month at home, a month away, a month at home. Right. Neither are ideal, but if you want to make it happen, that's what you do. Then the other side of it would be an NFC Central division where you try to either put new teams in St. Louis, you know, um, Sacramento, Oklahoma City. So I want to talk about I want to talk about St. Louis. I want to talk about St. Louis. So 
the real reason they had an issue with St. Louis, right, if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, one, the state didn't want to help them with any sort of facilities. They they no. really exnate on that. And then also with that, too, was everything having to do with the fandom, yeah. right? So the fandom had really wavered right after the, what was it, the greatest show yep. on turf? Right after that, right after those years with Dick Vermeil and those guys, they were really looking at, you know, they weren't getting the, the fulfillment there. So I think there's an issue, a bigger issue in St. Louis just oh, in general. Oh, there definitely is. Right, I, I really... Sacramento, I don't see that being a big move for them because obviously and truthfully, you had the Oakland Raiders there. They couldn't even sustain the Oakland Raiders. And that's only yeah. a what? Two to three hour drive, if that. So I, I don't see that being a big play. The reason I brought up the Memphis one, one is really the state tax. Yeah. That's really intriguing for any owner to go and get that done. And then the Oklahoma piece is because there were rumblings, if I'm not mistaken, when they were talking about the Vikings and the Bills, if they didn't get their new stadiums yeah. or weren't going to get any sort of uh, agreement there, Oklahoma was trying to bid or really was trying to come into the fold. So that's why I really mentioned those two markets. And I think, you know, considerably, if you think about it, I don't see that being too far-fetched oh, no. because you, they could still be NFC South, so, right? right? You, you just have a, a Midwest well, team. So the second factor going into it was, I mean, it's incredibly hard to start a new team, to find owners, to finance a new team, to yep. then provide, to build the facilities, yep. to bring in the new, you know, logoing, all that kind of stuff. So their second and their hope was that they could do what they did in the 80s and pull some teams from the USFL when it went under or when they were, you know, when it was mm. doing really well and then made the moves to go under. Problem with that is with the second time around is it was doing well to a point and then the pandemic kind of screwed everything up, especially with, with the USFL and the XFL. Mm -hmm. So now their biggest hope is that with the merger of the two, it might facilitate them to be a bit professional enough and long lasting enough to where they could do some sort of, you know, a, a, a promotion like, you know, the NBA did, like the NFL did back in the day. So where you could pull, you know, the top four teams from the XFL, USFL, whatever the hell it's going to be called into your NFL now, because at the time they were hoping for like, they were thinking Birmingham, mm. they were going to pull up Birmingham. They were thinking of, um, Oh, there was another one. Uh, whatever the dragons were, they were thinking to pull them. Seattle. Yeah. Or was it Seattle that was the Dragons? I thought it was the Seattle Dragons. I think it was what because and then they were thinking of. I thought it was the Birmingham Dragons. No, Birmingham. I thought was it was the, the Birmingham um, Dragons. Well, God Almighty, there was a Birmingham and XFL, and there was a Birmingham in the USFL. There was they were so much like crossover, oh, oh, but they were you. thinking you're know, like gotcha. putting a team in Portland or putting a team, you know, in some of these other like using the USFL teams to make it more financially responsible to do. But now that those have gone, you know, down the wayside. They don't really have a leg to stand on. All that to be said is that. I don't see it. I don't see Tepper being above moving the team, but it's going to take a lot more than it did, you know, for teams to move. I mean, the last time a team has moved was the, the Oakland Vegas. That's the last one we've seen. Yeah, and but those I'm talking like the last time a team was moved for like a Ravens. It was I the, Ravens. the Ravens. Are probably, it was Cleveland Browns. It was yeah, Modell. that'd be the last time you saw a true Modell like picking up and moving yeah. to a, a mm -hmm. brand new market. Like Vegas was a new market, Vegas but is, it's still not really. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's Vegas. Not, like, and moving to LA, that's that was something that it was surprised. I was surprised it hadn't happened already because you have two hockey teams, you have two basketball teams, you got Even two soccer LA teams. Vacant for that long was kind of crazy. It was. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, but. and they were they've been trying so hard to get a team well, into LA for so long. And every time it was like the Browns, yeah, they were yeah, trying yeah. to put the Browns in LA. Mm -hmm. And that was a big issue of, I think the owner died. And then that put the kibosh on the deal, if I'm not mistaken. I, I can't remember what the issue was, but that mm -hmm. was the biggest move. And so, yeah, it's been decades since you've seen a team move like that. And so it's, I, I don't think that he has the ability to do it. He's got the money to do it. But that's also the other thing is that we all know how much you have, how much any finances you have and how much money you have. To sit there then to say, I want Rock Hill to help me pay for this facility. I want Charlotte to let me pay for a new new stadium. Why, you could build a new stadium and it would put a maybe 10% chunk. if that, And that's if you went like all out on your stadium. Well, we know but you, we know about billionaires. Them boys cheap. But it's not like he's retired. It's not like he's stopped making money. He's got consistent cash flow for the rest of his life. Good, if you really were the guy you say you were and the businessman you'd say you were, it would cost you – you could – build your own stadium in three years and have nothing and, and and it would forever indebt the city of charlotte to you because you went and did this thing that is unprecedented and unheard of I mean, you know, that mean you would have to care about being indebted to the city 
And as we've seen, I don't think the ca- the care is only there for his ego. To he be thinks the city's indebted to him. Right. He said it multiple times. Exactly. So like, he don't care about whether the city like love him like that. Like, man, he care about getting his money and whether he felt like he a good owner. He knows right now, like everybody thinks you're a terrible owner. That's the only thing he probably really cares about. And that's what I gotta wonder what the dude said to him. He's heard. He, if he listens as much as he says he does and he looks as much as he says he does, he's seen and heard everything. Like, I, that's what baffles me is what did the dude say? Because it also can't have been the first time he's been... Well, it don't... It don't matter with liquid courage. It don't matter with liquid courage, man. Liquid courage, after a couple of sips and you sitting up in that booth and, and you're out there, you're getting beat 26 nothing. Bryce looking like he was looking. The defense looking like they were looking. This guy could have said anything. I mean, he knows that, like, what's going to happen to him. What's what what consequences is he right. actually gonna incur for doing it? If I'm being three hundred thousand dollars, honest though, I write that check right now. I'm being so real. He should be <laughs> suspended for a year from games. Oh yeah, I I, I that because that's mm. at least from road games. At least from road games. Because I'm like, bro, that's so. Because if I go anywhere and just throw a drink on somebody, bro, like just think of a normal person. If you just went back, that's assault. Drink, that's assault. It is. Bro, that's assault. That's like, assault. You cannot get away That's with assault. that. And and now the owners could do it. They yeah. could each individually go, "Hey, you're banned from my stadium," and there's nothing right. he could do about it because it's their it's their role building. Games, like you said, role games. He should definitely not be allowed in the, in these buildings. Like I, I'm like I'm, I'm so for real. I'm like That's, it's just not even because I dislike the guy. It's just that's just unacceptable from anybody if I were to just go up and just throw a drink on somebody. They, I mean, they suspend, like we said, they suspend players and coaches at the drop of a hat for things that, if we're being honest, only affect them. For right. victimless <laughs> things that only have any sort of effect on them directly. And he sat there, like we said, I mean, if he was a different man, or honestly, if that guy was a good two feet closer, it could have been much worse than a drink in his face. It could have got way worse. It could have been, because he knows he has security mm-hmm. in his back. He knows he's got nothing to lose, per se, unless the guy then, you know, sues him or press charges. But also, you know, you know you're yeah. going to lose that battle. And if you press charges or you try to sue. If you go to, if you go, if you go the civil suit route, you can get you can get your bag. I think. But the last, the last thing I want to talk him. about, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily want to harp on the act. The last thing I want to say about it is the lack of, the lack, the lack of empathy and, 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 and the lack of apology, I think for it's me, just, is the biggest yeah. thing, right? Like it's one thing to do the act in the state of a moment with emotion and all of that, and then say, you know what? I made a mistake. I should have never done that. that that's not who I am. That's not what I want our organization to be known for. Did he say any of no. that? Did he show no. any attrition? No, the dude said, oh, yeah, I'm a very passionate. I'm a very passionate about my organization, and I accept the fine that has been levied upon me by the NFL. That's it. You hit the nail right in the head there. You hit That's the nail it. right in the head there. He could go, he could go radio silent as long as he wants. But then once the punishment is doled out, and you still don't say anything, I don't care how close to you know nine to five hours it was, and you still don't say anything. But it's also par for the course for him, right? Like when Cam was let go, and we've seen it not only from him but through the social media channels that we know he has a part in. We always thought it was Matt Rule, but I got to start thinking it's more his hands on the reins. Nothing said for Cam. Cam got a what? Thank you. That was it. The most emotional he was was when Jerry Richardson died. That was the most, like, thought-out statement he had provided. Not that there had been, I guess, a, you know, place to provide anything more, but, like, we've seen him time and time again provide no emotion. Again, I, look, it's not surprising for me that guys with this much money and this much arrogance miss the mark when like real things are happening. Like when real things happen, like like you said with like with the cam thing. Like no, like if you understood anything about this team before you bought it, then you know how much he meant to the to the city. You know how much he meant to the franchise. You would do a better job of sending him out at least respectfully. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, with this situation right here, you should understand, bro. Like if you it's like it's one of those things like I'm thinking about it, like if somebody just threw a drink on me, for example, bro, I'm, bro, I want your head for real. I mean, I he's really, lucky the dude didn't crawl over the glass. You don't know what kind of guy that is, and I get you do have security, but you don't know what kind of dude he is. I'm, he's lucky he didn't crawl over the glass or crawl into the into the into the window. Let's all, let's all remember, this is a kid's game. 
Like no <laughs> yeah. matter what like we say about no matter how many times we record or talk about how much we care about it's it's still a game at the end of the day. Like it's you were running around throwing a dead pig right. on like, a field. Like and you're upset, bro. The team is only bad because you've made it this way. Like it's not even as if you didn't have like a hand of this this being this bad. Like it's, this is you, this is the product you put out there. But the question still remains there's a good chance whatever was said to him wasn't even about the team's performance. Bro, I swear. <laughs> like, I promise the way or whatever he said wasn't no worse than what anything Panthers Nation hasn't said about him to this point already. Because unless he thinks that his actions and doing that would maybe show the fans, oh, he cares so much about the team. Like, he's going to physical action. But I sit there and thought, oh, he must have said something about him as a person or him as, like, you know, or his family. Like, that was my first thought. Right. Because I wouldn't think that he... Jack. But Jack, you're a billionaire though. You're a billionaire. Has I mean, he done that, anything? Somebody saying that to you, some somebody, somebody saying that to you, you already know. There's no need for me to. Get, I lose. It's a lose lose. That's for what me. I'm saying though. Like, if I say anything derogatory, if I say anything derogatory, I'm in trouble. If I do any action, I'm in trouble. I don't think he thought about that at all. I really think it was an emotional situation. He was probably ticked off at the way we looked on the field. People were probably saying stuff to him from the time oh. he showed up at the stadium. They probably saying stuff to him the entire game. Everybody's liquored up by that time. It's fresh off the holiday, so people got on their brand new, their brand new jerseys. So they really flossing out there in Jacksonville, and they got a better record, and they going to the playoffs, and they talking trash to us, and they saying to him, "Yeah, we came in the same year, and we whipping y'all right now, all kinds of things." And then a lack of moment of clarity, being a billionaire, being arrogant, he went through an action again. The action is what it is. I'm more concerned at the post part. It shows who his character, his integrity is, who he is in the fabric of a man. That's the problem I have. Yeah, I don't think we've, but have we been surprised by any by anything that, like you said, anything you just said, like through all, all the actions that have led up to, led up to this point, it's really not surprising at all. Like, I'm not like. That's where I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm just surprised that he cared enough Right. If it was about the team, because he's not, he hasn't done anything else to show he's cared that much. I'm serious. He hasn't done anything in his hiring, in his player development or player, you know, player acquisition to show he's cared about the franchise this much. So to sit there and throw a drink on someone for supposedly what we think he, someone might've said about the team, that's where I'm surprised. That's where I'm going. Like maybe feel something about him. That makes more sense. Right. But so like, that's where I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like I, I'm not surprised, but I also am surprised <laughs> in the same vein. And of course, you know, like you said, it, it has the moment in itself has very little to do with what the season has been, what, you know, the on the field performance, it has very little to do in that regard, but it has much more negative implications. Like if, if we weren't going into a coaching hire and a GM hire or a hopeful GM hire, it wouldn't have much of an impact. So bad. But <laughs> I'm telling y'all, and y'all think I'm playing every time I tweet this out. If Scott is still the GM, there's just, I will be finding a new destination. And we, no, didn't, I know my destination, we didn't even talk about, like, his part to play in the whole video. Like, just standing there frozen like a statue was the most, like, the it was the whole relationship personified. Scott, like, let Tepper do what he's doing. I'm going to stand right here. Scott stood in front of a mic just like this and told us we were going to the playoffs. Bro, I ain't, I ain't got hit. I ain't, got, I ain't trying to hit nothing from Scott. I'm man. hearing, at, like... He got on his microphone and said, "We're gonna drop a quarterback in here, y'all boys, and we're gonna go crazy." And we're and we're, we're sitting pretty, <laughs> and we are and and he and the worst thing is he made us believe it. That's damn crazy. You know, my mom said this. She's like, I, I told her, I was like, "Hey, you know, Bryce's mom is like a like she's like a a, a mental therapist." So she said, "Well, she probably need to get into physical therapy." I know Bryce watched that game yesterday with Bam and said, "I could be there right now, bro, winning." Like, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, oh, it's, it was it's just brutal. But like we said, that has. Hopefully, that will be the you know furthest implications. But I, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that this doesn't have like a more negative impact. I'm surprised with the lack of national attention. Although actually, no, I'm not because it's the Panthers. So like, we can't get anyone to talk about us for anything until it's consistent, constant, you know, just ridiculousness. But outside of that, last game. Playing to try to keep someone out again. Right, right. I'm hoping to see a little bit, you know, more fire from both sides of the ball because, and on from a performance setting, and that's another thing before we end out that I think is so telling of how messed up things are. Derek Brown is a monster. Derek Brown is a 
football player, but he is the most like level-headed human being I think I've ever met in a football jer- like in a in a jersey, mm-hmm. like both on and off the field. The, to see him get ejected, and to see Burns get ejected a few weeks earlier, like Burns is a little bit more outspoken, but he's never really done that much like extracurricular. That is incredibly telling when your two future guys who are normally pretty, you know, Close to the restrained, yeah. are going to blows. Because of just how upset and frustrated they are. Bro, it's been bad, bro. I mean, most are tired of losing. They've been doing this for the entire career. Yeah. They haven't had any glimmer of hope. Except for any, Shaq. Ex, ex, except for Shaq. That's literally it. J.J. Jansen. And God bless them. I don't know how the world they are still on this organization. We pray they will be there still in the organization when we do this purge that's going to happen in the offseason. But, of course, until then, everyone stay dry and keep pounding.